Okay, you rowdy bunch, let's get started. I get to, I guess, start cutting into my time. Okay, Mike, I guess you want me to start, aren't you? Okay, he's, I know, I know this is the only time he gets fed all week. Y'all help him. Just kidding. See, y'all pray for him. See how hard it is to be married to me, you know? Yeah, so, you know, you got to, okay, all you back row dwellers, I hope you're listening. I prefer y'all set up here instead of dwelling in the back, but that's just me. Thank you. Unless I'm going to move my pulpit over there. You know what I'm saying? I know. I know. I, I don't want to have to say things, but sometimes I do. All right. Let's go. Randall, I guess, is going to do what Randall's going to do. That's just the way it is. <laughs> I do appreciate it when y'all set up here because it makes my job easier. Because you don't look like some non-participant people. You know, if you want to say something, I'm like, you know. It just is. It just is. But, hey, you do you. You know, that's just, that's just the way it goes sometimes, isn't it? See, we don't understand what service looks like, do we? See, in service is, you know, well, I don't want to do that. Well, I don't want to do a lot of things I do, but I do it. Yeah. But right. We just do, you know. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. So this is where we're going to go today. We are going to talk about some fun things. We're going to talk, continue to talk about that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the who? We gain churches in the room? Yeah, we got any ecclesias, any ecclesias, we got any, we got any persons in the room who know who they are and know what they're about, yeah, who, who are actually attuned to the things of God via revelation, right? So, but today, gosh, we got to go to Acts 5. I, I wanted, I wanted so badly, so badly to continue in a direction and the Lord wouldn't let me. So I've just, <clears throat> just fought all morning over it. Yeah. So here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to read something to you. Lord, open our ears to hear. Gosh. And this is what the Lord gave me this week, and it's still going to be a part of the gates of hell. We, we talked about David, 1 Chronicles 21 and 1, it said, And Satan put in the heart of David to number the troops. 
Who put it in the heart of David to number troops? Who numbered the troops? Could Satan create rebellion? He created, Satan created rebellion. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Satan can't create rebellion. Satan introduced the idea of rebellion. David created it. So, you see, we got to know, we got to know if you could stop entrance, you could stop the effect. Now, in that situation, 1 Chronicles, yes, because 2 Chronicles is Solomon. 1 Chronicles 21, it's right at the end of David's reign. I mean, he'd been through some ups and downs. We know that, right? Ups and downs, ins and outs. And it says there that, I'm going to go back to it in my notes here, and I'm just going to read that real quick so I can give you the exact address. First Chronicles 21.1. Satan rose up against Israel. Who did he rise up against? The whole nation. And he had to find an entrance, right? And who did he find? And what was David? So Satan may want to rise up against your family. Where would he choose to go if he wanted to rise up against your family? Men? Men? This is a, this is a, now you say men, women too, of course, but there's a head of the house. I mean, I'm just saying. So gaining entrance in, because, I mean, let's just say not to give too much credence to the devil, but he is a strategist. David rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. Now, it, we're not going to get into too much of this of why it was wrong to take a census. Ultimately, the bottom line was is that David wanted to, um, to showcase his strength. That was, that was ultimately what he was going to do, to see how strong he was, to pat himself on the back. Now, Joab... Do you know who Joab was? Joab was David's top commander. That's who he was. His general in his army. He was the go-to guy for, you know, the five-star general, so to speak. So Saul's top guy was Abner. David's top guy was Joab. Joab came to David and said, David, don't do this evil. I mean, when, and Joab is not known to be an upstanding guy, always. Now, when Joab's given, you know, counsel to David, we, we might already have trouble. I mean, so Satan rose up again. But my point I want to make in that is that Satan put, how did, let's just break it down just as simple as we can. How did Satan rise up against Israel? Through leadership, through a person, how did he incite David? He implanted a thought in his mind. He didn't go get it at Walmart on aisle three. How did he, how does, okay, so in your life, how does the devil actually maneuver in this world? 
doesn't it make more sense when it says now in Corinthians, Paul talking to the Corinthian church, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, to Christ. So that is an act. How many of y'all think that's an active involvement all the time? How many of you know that it gets easier as you do it longer? It does. You learn how to exercise and realize. We were, okay, what is this? This is, I've got, I got something germinating right here, right now. I mean, y'all all know how this works. You notice something, hmm, and you start, you start noticing it. What do you start doing? It may be, oh, you don't, what, I'm going to have to give examples, and I hate to do this. I, I, they have to be here. I'm just trying to think, I'm just sorting through my Rolodex right now. Yes. Help from a friend. Phone a friend. Because he has agreement, he has a sibling that will agree, and he has other, and they'll, they'll, right. But there's a difference. Ask me. I'll never agree with you. <laughs> so that does. So what you're saying is, is that a situation comes in and somebody acts stupid toward you. That's it, right? And now they're wrong. Now, are they right or wrong? The person, they, they're absolutely wrong. They're wrong in what they've done. They're wrong. They're wrong. They have they they've acted in a carnal way. They have they have <clears throat> jabbed, right? <clears throat> okay. And so what Mike does in this situation this is a real this is like last week, right? So what Mike does is he reads the text to me. And now I am, if I'm anything, I am loyal, and the second thing I am is I am um, defensive toward people I'm loyal to. I mean, you can kick me and I, it won't bother me. But if you go after someone who I'm loyal to, I will tear you up. I'm just and I, I'm not saying that that's right, but I know, see, I know in myself, I know in myself that's a weak point in me. Some of you think, oh, that's strong. It may be noble in some cases, but it's a weak point in me. It's, it's such a weak point in me that... I am cautious about how closely, no, I have my children around me, in the areas of ministry especially. You know what I'm talking about? Because I know you go after one of them, and I 
will repent later. No, it's not. It's not. Well, it's okay if it's managed properly. See, I don't always see. That's my. That's so. And see. Right, so I have to, yeah, that's right, I have to allow the Lord. So, um, so even, so what we find out, so when Mike, that he reads this text message, what's my first go-to there? You know, I start, my, my nostrils start flaring. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know, maybe some of you. Or have this. Other people, they're not, they're not always wired this way. I understand that. But I'm like, and this little vein right here starts popping out. It's probably right now, even thinking about it. Stop. You're not mad. My, my, see, my body don't, it doesn't even know the difference. It's like, this real? <laughs> I'm just telling a story. And so, and so then, I, you know, but then I have to go, huh? whoa, Nelly. I whoa, Nelly it. Shh your jet speed racer and I have to go all right it's my first thing I can say it's fine this has done no damage no real damage right and so we can process it and talk about it there's a way to process and talk about something that does not pour fuel on it and create the next level of growth in the thing Right? You know what I mean? The next level of fruit. See, because I don't want to move to fruit in this thing. That's what you were wanting to stop is the actually coming into agreement with it and bringing it from a seed sown, a thought distributed in your mind, an opportunity. That, what that is is just an opportunity. I don't want to carry it to the next level. And so even though I want to carry it to the next level... See, that's the part of my personality that I learned to master. As Paul says, I beat my body and make it a slave. So at least by any means, after I have preached to others, I myself become a castaway. So here, I, this is my opportunity. I don't, you know, I don't just get to talk about this stuff. I get to live it. And so, see, where my inclination there is just to go, I got myself here, an opportunity to start a fire. Do what? Right. It does. There you go. It starts getting in your mouth. And then I start releasing it into, I start taking the flame of hell. James says a man who's perfect can, can do what? Control his tongue. See, you, see, I'm just, that's how you become a gate. Or you shut the gate. And just how, I mean, I can, you know, I, this is where we live. And so with that, then I just had to listen to that and go, Lord, what do I feel? Be angry and sin not. The anger of man never produces righteousness of God. Don't give the devil an opportunity. And so I pull that back and I start to evaluate what I'm going to say next. How many of y'all this helps you? 
And I think, I begin to think, I'm taking a thought captive. I've got, an, I've got an alien thought that wants to produce fruit in my life and wants to, that fruit will be destruction of mine and others, right? It's just as just simple as this, is, this happens on, this is a Monday conversation. And I'm like, and so we sat there. I said, you know what? This person is just sad. And I don't mean that like in a way like they're so sad. I mean really trying to see an empathy in the person in their ignorance because of this is the best way I have learned to de-escalate a person and making them my enemy is if I can instantly come back to that person and look back in their past and look back in their places of formation that they were used and abused that has created this process of thinking in their life. And then what I can do is look at, filter this conversation through the lens of Christ and his love and say, okay, this person is not, they're just operating through brokenness and abuse. I don't want to continue to attach to that abuse and be another, and build a thread, you know what I mean? Build the network, weave the cord that's going to attach it to me, and I just become a part of that whole abuse cycle that's working in their life. Is that not true? And so, instead of responding in kind, yeah, in like manner, well, in defense mode. Well, let me just tell you what I think, and let me just tell you what I think, and let me just tell you what I think. Well, you're just moving the, you're just moving the fruit closer to manifestation, the fruit of destruction. And so instead, I said, what are you going to do? See, I pulled back my anger because I can, I can stir him up. Can I? It's hard. I mean, gosh, I mean, the Lord gave me the like, most, Jacob called him, on the periodic table, there's gases. There's noble gases. A noble gas is one that won't explode with any other. You know, you put a noble gas with a combustible gas, and a noble gas will neutralize it. <laughs> Jacob said, Dad's a noble gas. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sodium. <laughs> if you don't know, I think sodium is like the most um, combustible of the, if, I'm, if my periodic table knowledge is right. So, anyway... So we look, and Mike and I said, what are you, you going to do? He said, I'm not going to respond yet. Because text message is also words, right, Andy? They're not just words. They're words that you can actually, I mean, you're like, you can deny you said something. I can't deny something I wrote down. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. That's that's te that's text message. I mean, that's you know, it's just like written. You're writing something down, right? It's a record. It's a record. Mm -hmm. Of course. 
I know. There's only so many. There's so many, so many emojis you can include, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Sir, sure. Absolutely. I mean, this is where we got to be. We got to be wise here. And so here this comes in. It's the opportunity for defeat and destruction, right? This is just, and so I said, pull it back, pull it back. Don't respond. Don't give railing for railing or accusation for accusation. And don't even do that with the attitude of, I won't give railing for railing or accusation for accusation. Mm-hmm. Oh, just did. You just did. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, we don't, we, we, we don't want to tell them this, or we want somebody else to tell us what we're supposed to be thinking. But you won't even take it to somebody for good counsel or even talk to somebody. Because generally you will take it to someone for like yeah, counsel. You won't go and say, oh, I didn't want to hear that. I, that's not what I want to That's hear. right. So what we're looking for is someone to agree with us on the path we've already chosen. And, and these, are, these are, and how many of you know it's easy, how many of y'all find it easy to respond with railing for railing? If you're not raising your hand, it's because you're a liar. I mean, just keeping it real at this point. Ah! Facebook for me, it wasn't defending. Yeah, I know. Facebook for me wasn't I wanted to defend myself because here's another shortcoming to my personality. Oh, injustice. I become the Incredible Hulk. You know, I mean, Bruce Banner, and all of a sudden I turn green and my shirt rips off and my, you know, my muscles to correct injustice come out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's wrong. You know, and the Lord's like, and the Lord told me, I told you this story. I was praying in tongues. I was praying in tongues, and I was just praying on the way to, it was a Monday, on the way to the church, just praying. And all of a sudden, I began to prophesy to myself because I just left the house, and I just installed several new apps because it was during the time that there was a lot of political environment. I just went ahead and installed Twitter. I just went ahead, and there was another one. I don't even know what it was called now. Parlor? Parlor. I already had that, you know, and I just had all these things, and I was just like, and I was just, you know, getting this stuff, and it's just fueling. I was fueling that indignant part of my personality, and so I'm praying in tongues on the way to work, and and the and before I left the house, the Lord said, delete them all, delete them all, delete everything. So I just delete. I just, you know, how you do your app, you know, and you just exit. I deleted them all, delete. I deleted them all, and Facebook, deleted them all. Well, then, and on the way to the church, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, he said, you will not gainsay. And I said those words out of my mouth. Then I had to look up what gainsay meant, because that's not a word I use, and I didn't know it. I mean, I'd heard it, but I just, it wasn't, a vocab, it wasn't in my vocabulary. So I knew the Lord often speaks to me that way, because he knows I love vocabulary. So he will give me words I don't know in order to teach me new things. 
He does it to me all the time. He has for a long time. So a new word will come to me, and I've learned this is a way that the Lord speaks to me. So I will look it up, and it will open up a whole caveat of things. So he said, and gainsaying is to argue on one side or the other. I'm like, Lord, I mean, that's like... I know, and he, he picked a great word for it, and so I get so I delete it. But this is what I did: I didn't delete Facebook entirely. I just had to go to my browser to look it up. You know, Yahoo. You had to go to Yahoo and put in Facebook, and then you could just log in. Well, pretty soon I go to there so often that my browser just installs it on my. You know what I mean? It's like a place you go, you visit here, so I don't have to search it every time. It just puts the icon on my browser page, and so pretty soon it's like, wow, the Lord's like, wow, Andrea, you're really fooling me. You've really deleted Facebook, haven't you? Am I a child? Apparently. And so the Lord, but then I was like, Lord, why? Why? I, I'm just, I'm such a teenager. I'm like, other people do it. I know, I mean, it's like, and then the Lord, the Lord told me. The Lord told me. See, he stopped, what he stopped doing is he stopped he started removing a little bit of protection from me to show me what was happening. See, because he had these layers of protection around me that it wasn't, but then he started, I could feel him removing a degree of his favor. And what started happening was as I would begin to read and look at Facebook and see the stupidity and everything else, it wasn't just that I was, see, I could manage those emotions pretty well because I was so familiar with them. And I could just go, oh, 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 these people are dumb. And I wanted to respond, but I wouldn't because I was smarter than that. But then what was a, a second, when God began to remove his favor from me, what I noticed was as I would begin to look at Facebook and read about this and that, I started observing that a spirit of fear was moving closer and closer into my life. And what do I mean by that? What do you mean a spirit of fear? I began to be anxious about what other people were going through as though that might, I started entertaining the thought, that could happen to me. That could happen to me. And I started, then I had to start dealing with this anxiety. So now the thoughts of these, these anxious thoughts are coming into my mind and I'm constantly, I have this battlefront opened up now. A battlefront of fear has been opened up in my thoughts because Satan is inciting me to fear. And so I've got these battlefronts opened up in my mind, and so I'm having to take every thought captive. And then I've got another battle coming in, I'm having to take another thought captive, and then I have another take another thought captive. And so what am I doing all day? I'm just spending my time having to take captive thoughts. And so finally I have to step back and go, these are a lot of thoughts that I'm having to take captive. I don't think I'm meant to do this. Lord, what is the avenue? Why am I being so bombarded by all these thoughts of fear? All these opportunities are coming to my door. It's like one opportunity after the other. Ding dong. And you could fear here. You know, no, I don't want to fear. And then ding dong. Oh, you could fear here. Oh. 
I don't want to fear. That's a lot of energy I'm having to spend opening the door and saying no all the time. If I continue there, what's ultimately going to happen? Ding dong. You can fear here. Okay, come on in. Let's sit down. Let's sit down on the couch. You want some tea? Yeah, okay. Here. What is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is where people, this is how they get into a spirit of fear. And then it doesn't just stay there. You're, you're sharing, you're occupying headspace with this thing. Pretty soon it goes, next voice, next level. You know, no one understands you. They don't know what you've been through. They don't, they don't even care. I mean, who's called you? Who's, who's checked on you? Who, who's done this or that? Well, you know, you're right. You want some more tea? Yes. I wore a tinfoil hat for days. Just kidding. <laughs> right. got to bring it up and now you got to build your case against it see what you're doing is you are you are releasing hell in your family now I'm not saying that hell is not a place of eternal punishment don't don't get me wrong on this I'm not trying to create a philosophical idealism of hell I'm just saying the environment of hell is one we can live in now prior to enjoying its full benefit Yes, and that's the, where I did before, what I was talking about before, taking it back, taking their humanity and looking at them through the lens of compassion. When you begin to look at that person who's coming against you through the lens of compassion, even if it's a person you don't know, say the Walmart sales associate, you know what I mean? Or the, the, man, the man who at the food bank gets mad every time he comes. I don't know. He's just mad. Is, am I kidding, Mike? He's been mad for two years. Every single time he comes, he's mad. And he's not just mad. He is belligerent. I mean, yeah, we can all, huh? Indignant. Like we're doing something wrong and we're trying to cheat him and we're giving you free groceries. I, yeah, you know, yeah, right. This whole, not, put, not putting it in his car right. You know what I mean? My dad would say, you'd gripe if you're whipped with a new switch. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, 
Well, last time, you know, Mike tells me about him every week. You know, this person came through again. He's the only one. I mean, the only one. So he leaves and says, I got to go to the restroom. And so he says, Andrea, do my job, which is the, you know, the job of going forward. You tell how many cars are coming. You're like leading them out. You're the last person they see. Well, he is so mad. I'm so unprepared for this, right? I'm so unprepared for this. And he's just got a hold of the wrong, you know, rawhide bone here. I'm the one that fights back. And so he, he comes up, and I'm like, and I, you know, I'm still just being tra-la-la-la-la. Have a good day. And I'm like, I look in, I'm like, this guy is ticked. <laughs> and he's just yelling, and he's just like, blah, 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 irate, irate. And I'm like, hey, what's my first impulse, guys? What's my first impulse? What is the first emotion that is rising up inside of me? What? I start. I mean, come on. I'm like, I, how dare, unjust? I mean, is this not unjust? I'm ready to get this man straight. And I'm like, and I only have a moment. You know what I mean? See, this is not those things I can, a text message, you can sort it out. Some people can't do that. That's a great, I hope that the next time you're offended, it's on text message because you can take a breath. If you just would, dummy. Okay, I mean, take that if you need it. But here it is. This is like in, this is right there, real time. This is, I don't have time to go counsel with my, with my, um, my whatever, noble gas. <laughs> and so it just, it just sodium, what? It, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, no, I don't know. I'm the one. I don't. I just get caught with him, and I'm like, I mean, I'm ready to. You step out of the car, man. Tell me that's my face. You know, that's what I'm just telling you. That's what's going on. Like in my, I'm sorting my. The wheels are scrambling. I'm trying to think about where I'm at. Some of you are like, this doesn't wouldn't bother me at all. Congratulations, noble gas. Sodium exists at a different place on the periodic table. And so here I am. And so I look at him and I go, and then and, and the Holy Spirit is, is jumping up. <laughs> calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. Get control. This is, see, this is how I'm having to take a thought captive in the moment. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Don't, don't, don't. That's what I hear, you know, the Holy Spirit. And I'm, and I'm like, I don't, and I finally look at him and I'm like, I just, and the Holy Spirit just gives you what you need when you need it. And I just said, sir, what is your name? So I said, I didn't care what his name was. I didn't know I cared. And when I did that, completely shifted him. When he opened his mouth and had to tell me his name, it identified us on human terms. And he, he told me his name, and he shook out, he stuck out his hand, and I shook his name. I shook his name. I shook his hand, and I told him mine. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm not mad. I just want things to be done right. And, you know, whatever right was. And I said, we're just doing the best we can here. If you want, if you feel like you want better groceries, you need to get here a little earlier because this is first come, first serve. Okay, 
okay, thank you, thank you. He's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And every time I would say that, when I would respond to him, I would say, now, and I'd say his name. Now, and I would say his name. See, because so much of our time spent in anger and frustration with the person is not seeing a person. You have taken a person out of it entirely, and you have built an argument or a fight around a whole, an ethos, a conversation, an opportunity. And you're warring there. But if you'll just step back in and see the person. A kind word. Right, but see, I could, I could use a lot of kind words and they not be authentic. Do you know what I mean by that? How many of you have ever used a kind word and it's called patronizing? How many of you like to be patronized with a so-called kind word? Makes me mad again. <laughs> Knee jerk. He just projects. Right, he, right. He is, could be just projecting on me the fact that he has to line up for groceries. Yeah. And so, and he doesn't know how to sort through his emotions. Mm hmm I do not. And so that's what, so what Mike did with the text message, back to that story, he took a day to respond. That's great. See, that's where, you know, with the guy at the food bank, I didn't have a day to respond, did I? But if you would take your days to respond when you have days to respond, when you come to the instance where you only have a second to respond, you'll be better equipped at taking a second to a right response when you took days to a right response over here. And so... What Mike did is he said, I'm not going to respond today. And so he responded the next day with blessing. Because what are you supposed to respond with someone who curses you? you so he responded with a genuine blessing response. And then he followed it up with, it was a situation of a wedding, and he followed it up with a gift. He asked for the address, and he followed up with a gift. And then this week, I guess the gift was received, right? And that person responded with a, thank you for the gift, I love you. And Mike responded back, I love you too. Hope it was a blessed day. Now, what did we just prevent there? The fruit of hell. The flames of hell burning through that until there was no more fuel to be burned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
It happens to all of us. I know he did. <laughs> you reap what you sow. <laughs> Just And say, that's a spiritual rot. That's right. Let's get this straight. And that's a Christ response. But it's not your natural first go-to, is it? And so you take that instruction, and that's how you take the thought captive, and you make it obedient to Christ. Yes. Oh, that's good. I didn't know. I'm just smart and I don't know it. Let me give you a piece of advice. Turn the news off. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was one of those things that when the spirit, when I, when I got that information, yep. I went. You. The fear, the fear went, oh, my God, the small business. Oh, Ding dong. Ding dong. <laughs> and I went in there and I said, she goes, don't worry about it. I told her, don't you go where in there. I said, just no weapon there. That's no it. Weapon. No weapon. Oh, uh, so that's right. Weapon. That's exactly. But see, that's exactly right. Right. That's it. That's it. And whatever it comes, the Lord will take care of that as well. That's right. You're, yeah. I don't know. What's a noble gas? There's a noble gas. What is it? Who, who, what is it? What's one of the noble gases? Do any of y'all know? Okay, that's all right. I, I think it is. I think you're right. The helium is a noble gas. It's a, I don't know. Y'all can all figure that out. Yeah, maybe it is. I know. So anyway, so we know that David rose up. To, or David rose up. David didn't rise up. Satan rose up against Israel and incited the headship to take a census of Israel. And the result of that, if you finish the story, was a judgment had to come. And like a uh, hundred thousand, I, I didn't look at the story. People died by a plague. That's, that's bad. Okay, so Peter... Um, Peter, after he has his great, you know, flesh and blood did not reveal us to you. We talked about that last week. He says something to Jesus, and Jesus says this. Get away from me, Satan. He's looking at Peter. But he turns around and says, get away from me, Satan. Is Jesus calling names? I mean, he just named him Peter uh, from Simon. What is he now, renaming him to Satan? No, he's, he's addressing he's addressing what's going on. Now, I don't advise you to do this with a person. Because you're not Jesus. If you turn around to the, the cashier or your husband or wife and you go, get behind me, Satan, you're probably going to get in trouble with that. So just say that in your mind. Don't, don't call them Satan. It's going to cause a problem, I promise you. But Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You're an obstacle in my way. Because these thoughts of yours. Now he's talking to Peter. 
these thoughts of yours don't come from God, but from human nature. Wow. So where will Satan traffic? Through your human nature, through your solical part, your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's up to you to figure out how to take a thought, a potential. I mean, God doesn't promise you that everything's going to go well all the time. I can promise you it's not. I will bet that if I, the Lord has inspired me to give you this message, that some or all of us are going to have an opportunity this very week to put this into practice. Congratulations. Either that or you've already been practicing it and now you're coming to the class today and you're going, shoot, gosh dang. I really needed to hear this last week. You got it today. That's good. Because this is just what the Lord wants to speak today. Now, Ananias and Sapphira are in Acts 5. Another one very interesting to me is that Peter stands up. Barnabas sees a, has, sells a piece of property. Barnabas at this time is just a guy who they've just nicknamed him Barnabas. You know, his name wasn't Barnabas. That's a nickname. Barnabas is, means son of encouragement. He was such an encouraging guy, they just named him encouragement. You know what I mean? That's a great name to have, right? So Barnabas, is, he's a noble gas, isn't he? So we've got Barnabas. Now, church history tells us, it is believed. It's said through church history. What does that mean? That means somebody wrote it down, but it's not in the Bible. It's stories that surround the Bible. But You know the rich young ruler? How many of y'all know the story of the rich young ruler? Jesus tells him to. He offers him discipleship to being one of his 12, doesn't he? Jesus doesn't do this with very many people. For instance, the man at the gathering said, hey, I'm going with you. I'm loading up and going with you, Jesus, and I'm going to be your disciple. He said, no, you're not. You're going to go preach what happened to you. You're going to tell the 10 cities what I did for you. He didn't give him the opportunity, but, but the, the rich young ruler, he says, hey, I'll tell you what. Go and sell all you have and come and follow me. But he didn't. When he went to Levi, the tax collector, he said, follow me. He left his tax booth and he followed him. When he told, when he told um, Peter, the fisherman, leave your boat, he left his boat and he followed him, right? But the rich young ruler, he got the invitation, but what did he do? He turned it down because it was gonna, he thought it was going to cost him too much. Church history tells us that it is believed that the rich young ruler is in fact Barnabas. That came back later after Jesus told him to sell all you have and give it to the poor, and come follow me, that Barnabas is in fact the rich young ruler that after the day of Pentecost when church starts, he, had a, he came to the church and he said, look guys, and here's the story of it, that I'm going to sell all I have, and he sold a piece of property, and what did he do? He gave all of it to the church. And then he followed Jesus. And now we have, we have Barnabas being a part of the acts of the apostles, going with Paul, we know he, he becomes a part of the story. Well, it is Ananias and Sapphira, they saw when Barnabas came in with the heart to give all he had. And he did that. He didn't have to do it. He gave it all. Ananias and Sapphira saw, huh, Barnabas got a name for himself by giving an offering. Because now Barnabas is kind of like, this, this gift has moved him to another status, Right? The Ananias and Sapphira saw that, so they had a piece of property. 
and they sold it and they said, hey, let's tell everybody that we gave all of the proceeds of this property so we will get the same success status as Barnabas has and we, we will have the same reputation that our buddy Barnabas has. And so they come in and they present this and they said, this is all the proceeds of this. And Peter goes, what? Are you sure? Because I'm getting a different feel right now. And he says this, he has a word of knowledge. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to deceive the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the proceeds from the land. Who gave them the idea to do this? Who actually carried out the plan of Satan? Ananias. Can Satan carry out his plans without a helper? <laughs> do you want to be a helper of the devil? Stop entertaining his thoughts then. Why have you conceived this deed in your heart? See, it came as a thought. What happened then? It was conceived as a, in the heart. And then what happened next? It was manifest into action. And Ananias and Sapphira were both judged immediately. I mean, this, this is the only time this has happened. I got some theories on it, but I don't have time to share them today. Now, okay, and then his wife comes in. How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? And so they agreed together to come into a lie, and they, they brought forth this lie. And they actually brought forth hell. And what did God do? Not having it. And you know what? It, I'm going to go ahead and go here because it's just I'm in it. You know what it corresponds to? Holy Spirit showed me this the other day. Never seen. I have studied this scripture. This has been one of those huge, gigantic question marks in the Bible. How many of y'all have those? I've walked around it a million times and just millions and one. And I, was just, and I was just sitting in my office, and the Lord just dropped this in my spirit. He said, compare it to Adam and Eve. And see... You've got this church, this new garden situation. You know what I'm talking about? A garden where the grace of God is flowing. Everything, I mean, go, I mean, come on. We want that kind of environment, don't we? Or do we? We've got this environment of great grace. I mean, there's a garden environment where the throne of God is built in the hearts of people. And here we've got, I mean, people are sharing. I mean, there's such a spirit of unity. There's such a spirit of sharing. There is so much of an atmosphere of honoring and serving one another. I mean, this is unbelievable. It's so magnetic that people are just being added daily to it because it's such an atmosphere of blessing heaven on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. We've got the kingdom, I mean, in strength and power operating in this early church. And here we have a serpent that comes into the garden. And who does he tempt? Now we have an Adam and an Eve figure in the garden. And it is dealt with immediately. And they carried him out. 
And so what we see here is we see the Lord saying, I won't have a church of compromise and lukewarmness and a church that harbors and that that holds these dysfunctional thoughts that the enemy puts in place and they, they nurture them and they feed them and they find others to feed on them with them. I'm telling you that most of the trouble in your life relationally could be solved if you just humbled yourself and acted like Jesus. Took it on the cheek. Sucked it up. Shut it up. Shut it down. I mean, I've told y'all, don't make me tell you the story of buttoning up my stepmother's wedding dress. It was awful. But I did it. And the whole time I told the Lord, I'm doing this act of service in this time. And I'm doing it unto you. This is a surrendered sacrifice to you. I'm not, I'm not taking hold of my rights to assert myself in being right. Because I was right. Instead, I abandoned my rights. I laid down my life. And I took up Christ. And I served. Now we're going to close. I'm going to read to you what the Lord gave me. With Ananias and Sapphira. This is my study. Many are trying to be successful. Many are trying to be successful. Aiming time and energy at achieving success. But if more were trying to be a servant, success would be a byproduct. The way to true greatness is servanthood. Because servanthood tempers the individual against the harmful impact of greatness. The dangerous atmosphere of greatness can be only lived in by servants. All others will begin dying as soon as they draw the first seductive breath in greatness's atmosphere. Servants are surprised by greatness. Those who seek success feel entitled to it. Therefore, seek only servanthood, desire only to serve, and let greatness be a surprise to you. Time will test the motivation of the heart, so don't be surprised how long things take to materialize. Once you no longer mark your time as a servant, you have actually become one. Servanthood is a trustworthy path for the long haul. But there is something even more powerful, majestic, and honorable than servanthood. It's love. Why love? Because I will always serve where I love. I can't help myself. The compulsion of love will always drive me beyond understanding and logic. That's why love is the greatest. It blesses and strengthens and thus clarifies the motivation of the heart. Anywhere you have people aiming at success, their aim is success, and they're using servanthood to be a success, they are going to crash and burn. I wrote it. Yeah. Every one who starts out to be a success by virtue of servanthood is a casualty. 
Because as soon as they take in the first seductive breath in the atmosphere of greatness, they begin dying. Servanthood, servants are always surprised that they're successful. Now, this is not, this is not what American church culture teaches. I believe that there is a day coming to the church where persons who are willing to scrape into the small place of servanthood, true servanthood, doesn't have success over the door with neon lights. There's a lot of people. That's a Broadway. You know why? Because there's so many people who have tried to go, and they've just, they've, just, they've just wallered it out. That's my dad's term. It's just giant now. It's just wallered out. You know what I mean? And everybody's crowding in around it. And the opening to greatness has just become the broad way. But there's a narrow way of servanthood. What is the heart of a servant? It says, Lord, I love you so much, I just want to serve others no matter how much it costs me. Even if I get my teeth kicked in a couple of times, I'll still serve you. Because that's just, because I love you. And so that place of servanthood is a very narrow way. And it's not a crowded environment. So don't worry about bumping into too many people there. Because it's just not a place many people find. Because you've got to get down too low. And you've got to scrape too far in the dirt sometimes to get there. He did. The, the, the prodigal son, when he came to himself, what did he say he would go back and be? See, he was just, all he did is he, he crawled in that small hole of servanthood. But when they stand up inside, what did he find? He found sonship. Many people never find sonship because they keep trying to go through greatness to find sonship. And all they find is more of the gates of hell. And so I encourage you in your relational situations that are going on right now. I mean, you can come talk to me about them but I'm just going to tell you to serve. I'm going to tell you, suck it up and serve. And you say, I don't like that. Then don't come talk to me. Well, when's it going to change? It may not. But what does it matter? I told you it'd take a long time. That's how you get tested by servanthood. Because people who are not in it for the right reasons will at some point quit when they don't get what they want. You're like, Andrew, this is not very encouraging. Good. I'm tired of playing church with people who are just performance-oriented. I'd rather have people. I'd rather give me, give me 12 people who really want it. I, I think I heard somebody else who changed the world that way. You see what I'm talking about? The way of the kingdom is servanthood. I don't know if all your dreams are going to come true. I can't promise you that. But I do know that Jesus is worthy, and there's a right way, and it's a narrow way. And few there will be who find it because nobody's looking for the gate labeled servants. But Jesus is standing there wondering who will find it. He got one. 
And so if this doesn't fit with your prosperity gospel, I'm telling you, this is the prosperity gospel. I'm not looking for people who want to be performers. I'm looking for people who want to serve and serve well. Let's get the gate of hell closed, and it's the gate of self. We're dismissed.